Hey, Craig, leader of the flannel army and the guy who can pull off beards better than me. What do we talk about in today's episode? We talk about everything. And I don't care where you are, what you're doing. You need to go listen to it. <laughs> Anything specific? Because I'm about to give a hit list. What do we talk about? What's one big takeaway that you share? All right, so we, we talked about the trials and tribulations of the high-speed daddy uh, startup and switching from a corporate and military career over to entrepreneurship uh, while being a stay-at-home dad. So if any of that resonates with you and want to know some of the problems that I went through and how we overcame them, you want to listen. I love it. And now here's my notes. How Craig went from making grumpy weasel wine in his basement to being a successful entrepreneur and my business partner. But the biggest mistake that you made in entrepreneurship, uh, how to surround yourself with the five right people that don't placate you and keep you stuck, how to know where to invest for your growth, the secret to successful mentorships, how ditching his wedding anniversary led to our business partnership, and newsflash, Haley likes me, so it was worth it. Uh, hear a story how you can never measure your ripples or the impact of them. The secret to your success as an entrepreneur comes from your partners, and this is how to make it happen. How growth should be celebrated. How any good coaching should try to get you out of where you are, not keep you stuck. How to have a dream and make adjustments as you go. How priorities will always lead to everlasting success. How more money doesn't always mean more happiness. And how slowing down might be the secret to more money, success, and happiness. How failing in corporate led to a multi-million dollar business idea. How echo chambers will destroy you and your business in the process. And finally, if you fail to plan, you're definitely planning to fail. That's what I told I you. Everything. Everything. So with all of that, we're going to shut up and we're going to go let you listen to everything. So here's the intro and enjoy the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And today's guest, today's guest is the original, the founding High Speed Daddy. He is the leader of free men with beautiful beards that I will not grow, has a similar taste in wine, is an amazing husband, father, veteran, business partner, my work, and sometimes real life husband. Uh, somebody that I love to absolute pieces. The only problem is he lives in New Jersey and not Montana, but we are working on that one. So I want to welcome my business partner, my best friend, the guy who puts up and sees my crazy to the show, the original High Speed Daddy, Craig. Craig, welcome to the that show. Is, that is literally the best intro I've ever had, but I, I would expect nothing less from you. If it I, wasn't the best, I would be very pissed off right now. <laughs> I, would be, I, would be, I would be pissed as too. I'd be I'm super. I'm super stoked to be here, though. Uh, this has been a while coming. We've been trying to figure out like where where do we fit this in? We only wait. We, we only, on? What do we talk about? And we're like, we let's, only, just do it. let's just bullshit. We only okay. waited 170 something episodes to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it figures. It figures. I mean, I I was I was around in your life during a transition of like civilized and all that stuff. So I'm oh. one of the oldest person 
up, up in here, but you are, yeah, you do, you have tenure, you have tenure. <laughs> and, and I don't know if I would wear that tenure as a badge of honor. Like I knew him <laughs> when I'm like, eh, you might yeah. want to tell people, you know, me now, but yeah, but well, I mean, same goes for me. There's been personal development, like crazy on both sides over the last, uh, whatever, four or five years, stuff yeah, like that. Man. So crazy stuff. So I got to do the podcast and the, even though we're friends and best friends in business, part, I got to ask the same question. I ask everybody to kick off the show. Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. you reflect back on this journey, and obviously I know your journey better than most, when you were you know, in the military to then deciding to launch an e-commerce company to then doing it and all the ventures that you've had your hands in, when you look back, what was the biggest mistake or lesson that you've had in the entire journey? What'd you take away from it and how do you implement or re remedy that now? Not reaching out for help sooner um, yes. and surrounding myself by people smarter than me and thinking obviously in the typical entrepreneurial sense that I could do it all myself or not that I could do it all myself, but I don't know how to ask people to help me. I don't know how to pay other people to come on board, things along those lines. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was getting my, you know, whole Jim Rohn, surround yourself with five people, you know, thing through podcasts, through just reading books and things like that. I was like, I've got all these fake people that I associate with, but no actual true relationships going back and forth. Um, and I want to say that everything in my life kind of changed for the better during this business venture. Mm -hmm. uh, once I started communicating with other people, like actual face-to-face -face stuff. Dude, that, I will say that made, what you just said made me happy because we've never talked about this on the show. And I've never heard it put so well because the Jim Rohn, right? So for everybody wondering, you're the sum of the five people that you surround yourself mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the caveat to that is that quote was made before social media existed. Just for the record, just everybody knows how long Jim Rohn's been around. <laughs> so that doesn't mean the relationship with the person whose podcast you binge or that person who placates mm -hmm. you on social media or you can always find a supportive argument for how you're feeling. <laughs> depending on the side. And I, I think that's really, really huge, man. And so now, now that you've, you've kind of learned that and you, you've gotten over here, how do you see it? How do you see it now? Like, how do you mitigate that? Do you seek out like in-person counsel? Do you seek out like zoom calls? Like, how do you now navigate finding those five people? What do you look for? Like, how do you do that? Uh, yes, yes. And yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. so, you know, so there's people that I communicate with within our community, uh, of high speed daddy, and we'll get into high speed daddy portion in a little bit. Uh, there's people just in my direct network, such as, um, you know, employees that are friends, uh, business partners, George, obviously you. Um, and then I go as far as I pay for, uh, I pay to be part of masterminds, high level masterminds with business owners, um, that I surround myself with that are smarter than me that I can lean into. I, I pay to be in a men's group. Mm -hmm. I pay for a business coach. Um, so I want to say I pay, but it's not that I invest. I invest in all those resources because I know I can get a direct reflection of that for the positive, not yeah. just for me, but for my family. Yeah, totally. Which, which you, we'll get into as well. Totally. When you think about that, right? Cause like this is, this is something we both do. But I think as entrepreneurs, it took me like I was thinking about this. You'll appreciate this. Someone's like, how long have you been coaching? And I had to like really think about it. And I was like, since 2002, like I was like 19 years. Right. And I had that same thread. Like when you said in the beginning, like the biggest mistake was like not asking for help. Right. Or thinking I could do it all myself. Like I literally <laughs> I hate to say this. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I used to live and I was like. 
well, naturally, I just know how to coach. Like, it's just going to come to me. Like, I'm just going to know what to say in the moment. I don't need – and it's, like, literally convincing myself that, like, I can use a piece of equipment I've never used and I just know how to use it or I can fly a plane and jumping out at 30,000 feet and the pilot jumps out and I'm like, oh, I can land this thing. It was the probably, like, one of the biggest mistakes and it took me a long time to get it, but I, I would love to hear – you know, from you, because like we're in this business, we support, we invest together, we do a lot of stuff. But it took me until maybe three or four years ago to really, truly understand investing in my growth and investing in a community of people that also saw my growth. And I feel like you're a good example of this, because I feel like what I see a lot, and you know, we come across a lot of people together, they're like, they try to buy a solution or buy a tool, instead of working on the person that holds the tool, right? So when you investing communities and coaching like what are you looking for like what is the big thing that you go seeking or how do you get clarity on that because you said in the beginning one of the biggest mistakes was like not knowing how to ask for help right and so i think you know my guess in similar to me is like okay i'm like oh i'm aware i need clarity here or there's a challenge here or i really need to emulate somebody here so i'm gonna go find that person that's a couple steps ahead of me and then i'm gonna work with them and then kind of do that. What's that like for you? And like, what do you really look for when you invest in, you know, coaching or support or community or men's groups? Like, what do you go after? So personally, I, I look for someone that someone or something, right? A, a group of people, whatever it might be, um, that not only that I can kind of take and learn from, but that I can give to as well, right? That I see where I can add value. And if I'm giving value, then I feel like a self of sen- like a, a sense of self-worth. Um, that, that I know something I'm adding value and in return, I'll get some stuff. So it's, it's not a tit for tat, but it's, it's definitely, um, you know, it's, it's definitely that I'm looking for that mentor that I can actually give information and help support them as well. Mm. So it's, it's kind of that back and forth that we go through. Um, you know, and, and it's a group of people too. It's not just one person or something like that. It could be a whole group of people. And then there's the containers that that mentor might set. Um, you know, the openness that's within the group, um, you know, the safety that I can come into quote, safe space, hashtag, (laughs) whatever, hashtag Hashtag safe space. (laughs) I, I actually, I think what, I think what you just said, um, is really huge because when you think about it, I, I feel like one of the things we have to remember is like when you invest or like you're growing or you're finding coaching or finding courses, I did a post about the other day. I kind of went on a rant. You know me. I get in my tangents and get pissed off and I start yelling at people um, out of love. It happens. But, you know, a lot of the industry that we live in is predicated on convincing people that they're one down, right? That they're not good enough, right? Because if you're always broken, then you can always, quote unquote, pay the person telling you that you're broken for the solution. Welcome to the fitness industry. Welcome to the beauty mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the information marketing industry. And I went on this rant the other day because I was like, I'm I'm just getting pissed off because there's nothing wrong with any of us. Like we're all athletes. We just have to practice and hone our skill set and then put it into work. And, you know, in the world that I live in and coaching mastermind members and us building e-commerce businesses and everything, 99% of what we see is basically trying to get our attention to monetize it, to convince us that we're broken. So we keep monetizing our attention keep paying them money so they don't have to do any work and they tell us to do things that they're not doing that aren't going to work anyways. And what you just said, and I think this is huge, is I watch people do this all the time. Like people come into the mastermind and they're like, I'm like, why do you want to be there? Because I need you. I'm like, nope, you ain't coming in. Nope. (laughs) 
you don't need me, right? Like you don't need the coaching. You don't like you can benefit from it, but you also have to understand your value that you bring to the table. And you just said that you're like, I invest mm-hmm. and I look for things where I can be a contributing factor as well as receive on the other end. And I, I feel like that's one of the most important distinctions when you're looking for growth as an entrepreneur, you're looking for coaching is making sure that you know that you have a seat at the table and that you can bring value to the table, but you can also ask somebody to pass the mashed potatoes, right? Or the bacon or whatever it is that you're cooking, you know, today. And I, I think that I just wanted to acknowledge that and call that out because I've asked that question before. Um, and I think that's a huge distinction of being very intentional. Like I need to go plant myself on the team that I can contribute to, but also that I can benefit from being around. Would that be a fair assessment? That's 100%. And, and you've always put words better into context than I have. <laughs> That's why I work behind the scenes and you're in front. Yeah. Hey, friends. I'm taking a quick break from this episode to remind you that my team and I have officially decided to do it. To take the leap, to shut down the Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook group, to go even deeper in value, connection, accountability, engagement in our private programs and masterminds. So for those of you in our Facebook group, we'll be officially shutting it down on June 13th. In the meantime, we're celebrating though. My team and I are holding a special bye-bye Facebook promotion, which means hello results in your business, giving you limited access to our Lighthouse Business Accelerator program, LBA for short, if you hear me reference it that way. You'll get two live calls per month with me and my team and our coaches and advisors. You'll get 24-7 community support in our private group, our best training, strategies, tactics, and foundational principles for attracting new customers, keeping those customers longer by developing a world-class customer experience, and building a business that supports your dream impact. The program is $297 a month at a three-month minimum commitment. But with the Bye Bye Facebook promotion, you'll get the first month for only $13. And 100% of that will be donated to Operation Underground Railroad to combat human trafficking. This promo will only last until June 13th when we officially shut down the Facebook group. So if you want to jump into my monthly coaching program for just $13 today, go send me a DM on Instagram. You know my Instagram. It's... It's George Bryant, I-T-S-G-E-O-R-G-E-B-R-Y-A-N-T. And yes, the it's is a part of it. Or send me a DM. Send me a DM there that just says, bye-bye Facebook. Give it to me. Bye-bye Facebook. Let's go. Give me something, but let me know it's what you're looking for. Or you can send us an email to georgeb at georgebryant.com, which is my email at the company. I check it. I read it. It's George B, G-E-O-R-G-E-B at George bryant.com g-e-o-r-g-e-b as in boy r-y-a-n-t.com so george b at george bryant.com make sure you use the subject line bye bye facebook and then we will send you the link so that's fun kind of recorded my own ad but now let's get back to the episode i like <laughs> I, I remember i used to own that as a badge of honor and i was like wait i don't know if i okay as long as my intention is good my wordsmithing is good. It's when the intention underneath it is a little off that you're not. But those days are long gone. Like, I've done that work. Like, I'm good. And I was like, marketing is really just convincing people that my ideas are really good. I'm like, oh, man. Okay, got to make sure my heart's in all of this. Like, I, I love it. I, but like, I, I think, Craig, like, I've had, a, I've had a lot of people on the show, and I've had a lot of conversations about this. And you're the first person that's ever said the best thing to do when looking to invest in yourself is look where you can add value. And, and, and here's a secret for everybody listening. 
I have definitely learned that when I'm in environments where I can contribute more than I expect to receive in return, I receive 10 times more than I ever thought possible. It, it's also it's also a thing where you don't you don't bring money into the equation at that point, right? Because mm-hmm. you know that you're 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 giving information out and you're putting that much karma into the world and stuff like that. So the benefit cost analysis and whatever you want to rationalize, it, it's kind of like take taken out of the equation a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Because you're contributing, not just taking. Yeah, dude, it's it's so 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 good. And like when I think about it, like we've been in this game for a minute, but like. When I started coaching, coaching, like on the internet, it was like 2011. And there's one direct correlation every single time. Anytime somebody comes to me, they're like, I need your answer. I need your strategy. I need your tactic. It never lasts and it never works. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody comes like, God, I just like, let's be a team. Let's work together. Like I need a community of accountability that sees me. It works every single time. And it's almost like immeasurable when the results happen, which is just beautiful. And actually, that's what I love about us. Like, just so everybody listening, you're going to hear a great story in a minute because I'm going to have Craig tell it. Um, We're business partners because (laughs) I was in New Jersey and Craig ditched his wife on their anniversary to take me to dinner. I don't like those terms that you're using. But it but, frames yes, up this story. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> it frames up the story so well. Uh, and let me let me tell everybody. And actually, you know what's funny? Uh, you're gonna everybody watching this. I'm I'm reaching into my closet right now. I'm grabbing something. Hold on, Craig. Yep, I'm still here. I can't wait to see what you pull out of the closet here. <laughs> and my team don't edit any of this out. But I'm grabbing something. So I have this folder. Mm-hmm. I have this folder. In my office, in my closet, and I have this letter that was hand typed to me um, and signed like actual pen on paper. I'm going to read it. I've I've never read this out loud. Um, So uh, where's the tissues? When I ran Civilized Caveman, um, obviously I ran Civilized Caveman. I, I was somewhat of an influencer. I had pretty good reach and I was a dad. And Craig found me somehow. I don't have no idea, probably because I was like hating on vets or the military or some rant that resonated. And um, and he DM'd me. He slid into my DMs, like any good man should slide into the other one's DMs. And then he hit me up and he's like, "Hey, I have this diaper bag company. Like, boom, boom, boom. I'm a veteran." And I was like, "I'm in." I just said, "I'm in." Sure, send it. And so then he sends it, and this box shows up at my house. And I mean, this box was huge. Bags. Everything in it, uh, whoobies, blankets, all of our products that are now partly mine. And I got this letter. I've never read this letter to anybody except my wife. George, I just wanted to send a sincere appreciation for helping us out tremendously by not only giving our high-speed daddy diaper bag backpacks a try, but by giving a fellow veteran a chance to chase the American dream with his family by his side. I'm a father of two toddlers and a three-month-old, three kids under five. Yes, I know. I enjoy the chaos. As we are friends, there's so much meaning to that for me right now. (laughs) So I know all about the excitement as well as trials and tribulations of being a newer father and a family man. My kids help me develop and test our products, and my wife gives me input as to what mothers are looking for from products in our niche. Then I utilize my 15-plus years of new product development experience to bring awesome products to you. I also know all about how certain products can make your life easier in the parenthood process or make your lives more difficult when they don't work as intended. This bag will make your life easier, but also provide confidence in your journey to raise your little Branson. Love is Mohawk, by the way. and We had epic Mohawks. I'm sure you and maybe even Lindsay will get tons of use out of the bag. 
during not only the toddler phase, but even after he's out of diapers, where it's also designed to be used at the gym, the range, hiking, fishing, camping, or for an overnight trip. The possibilities are truly endless. I just want to know that we're extremely grateful and blessed. And from my family to yours, thank you. With much appreciation, Craig Rizzoli and family, owner, high-speed daddy. Boom, 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 boom. P.S. I also threw in our mini Wooby poncho liner toddler blankets in Marpat because I thought you would just appreciate this. Now the little man can have his own size Wooby, just like dad used to have when he was in the field. And by the way, I had to pick that Wooby up off the floor this morning <laughs> because here we are four or five years later. And I still use six of the bags every day, and now I'm just a part owner of them. <laughs> and that's how it all started. That's how it all started. And, uh, God, man, I haven't read this in a while. I'm a little teary-eyed right now because it's... it's I, I, I forgot I put that much... I, I knew, obviously, at the time, I put effort into it. Yes, I typed it up, mostly because my handwriting is horrendous. Oh, my And George probably wouldn't be able to understand it, so I typed it. But, obviously, everyone can see that. I did the research and I found out his son's name, his wife's name, his background in the military, not just his background in the military, but specifically the Marines, what the color of the camouflage pattern was that the Marines used, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, this was not a scripted off, you know, that I sent to everyone type thing. Um, so for people that are listening and looking to grab influencers and some attention, this is part of George's method of relationships beat algorithms. Right. Yeah, and so let's let's tell the story. So then this is what happened. So I get the bag. <laughs> I get I get the bag and I love it. Like I mean, I was all in. I think you sent me my first one was a black one. You sent me a few of them, but the black one is the one that I used. And I started using it everywhere. And at the time, I was transitioning from caveman to consultant, right? Like I was mm -hmm. done with caveman, but nobody really knew yet. Uh, and I was trying to build this life. And so I was on the road like 150 times a year. And so my, my travel stack is still the same to this day. It's a high-speed daddy bag and an away suitcase. And that thing went everywhere with me. And so we just started talking because I would tag you when I posted. I was using it. I was like, I love the bag. I started telling people. And then we had talked at some point. You're like, where are you going? I'm like, New Jersey. And you're like, why are you going to New Jersey? And I was like, that's a good question. And like, where in New Jersey? And like, <laughs> Clinton. And he's like, why are you going there? And Sadie, if you're listening, we love you. Uh, and I was like, for a client. And he's like, I'm 30 minutes away. And it just so happens <laughs> that one of those coordinated trips when I was coming out for consulting happened to fall <laughs> on wedding anniversary time. And it, it, it was, it was specific. <laughs> I was like, what do you do in New Jersey? He's like, I'm here consulting. This is where I am. I'm like, I'm 30 minutes away. I'm like, listen, I don't know why, but something's telling me that I should at least take you out for a cup of coffee, pick your brain on some things. I don't even know what those things are, but the world's telling me to get together with you. And you're like, cool, meet me for an hour this night. And I'm going, shit, it's my wedding anniversary. <laughs> uh. So as, as any good new entrepreneur who needs to feed a one and a three-year-old uh, at the time um, and a three-month-old, and I'm like, hey, babe, um, there's this guy, you know, I, I told you I sent him some product. He really likes it. Uh, I really dig him, this and that. Um, he wants to meet with me, which is really cool. He's going to actually like share some of his time. It's on October 29th. And she's like, that's our wedding anniversary. I said, yes, uh, I'm going out for an hour. Uh, is that cool? And she's like, well, you know, it's for the business. Boom. Now, one, great wife. I already knew that. This just continues to lock that in. Uh, two, it showed the faith that my wife had in myself and the business. 
and the support that I got from her, which is necessary from your partners when you're creating or starting a business. You need the support of others, all right? And you need to bring them into the process, family, whatever it may be. Uh, so that solidified that she was, she supported me. Yes, go ahead and talk to him. I know it's going to help the business. So I don't know, George, if you want to take over from there, but I mean, this, no, the long of the story is. I talk enough we, on my podcast, so you get to tell so, this story. So then what happened? So we, we, we meet up for dinner. Um, and basically one hour turns into four hours and each other crying <laughs> on each other's shoulders and this and that, uh, which then turned into, uh, essentially, you know, the beginnings of, of the mastermind essentially, yeah. you know, I was like, OG member number four or something like that. Yeah, you were, you were, yeah, that's, that's right. Cause we ate at the clean plate, um, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Clinton and the food was amazing. And then we shut it down, ate a lot of popcorn cause they give you popcorn at the table healthy food we cried a lot a lot and this was no, no alcohol here by the way this is all no, like just also, iced tea and also, water it was ginger I, ale maybe I, iced tea no it was no you didn't have ginger ale i would have remembered because that was my dad's favorite drink it was just it was just iced tea popcorn and cold food we did order a lot i remember specifically the cauliflower i literally remember the oh, cauliflower yeah, bites the you remember those cauliflower. yes yeah. Yeah. oh man i will have to visit when i come back um and we did that and then I think I remember like we cried and I was like, I got you. And I was like, oh man, I looked at you. I was like, I will help you with anything you need. You're like, okay. And you're like, what next? I'm like, I don't know. What do we do? (laughs) And like for everybody listening, like Craig will tell you, I am horrendous at selling myself. I can't fucking stand it. Like maybe if it comes up, but like, I don't ever go out and sell. Like people have to come to me and I almost make it impossible at times and i was like i don't know let's just boom and then we just started talking and then you ended up in the mastermind uh in the beginning and then because of that i kept coming to jersey every month and then when i would come to jersey i'd have you come down Mm -hmm. and then i think one day i like pegged a day on the back of a consulting trip on their dollar for us to meet in their office She ended up with a nice bottle of uh, scotch from that. She did, and she loved it, yeah. and she loved it. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so Atomic Habits here, right? Habit stacking. I was just work stacking. And then, uh, God, we talked about the vision of High Speed Daddy and what you wanted and all of it. And, I mean, we mapped it out, and I was like, you're like, I want you to be a part of this. I'm like, uh, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> and then I remember you told me a number. I was like, nope, too high. And then we came back, and we're like, yep, okay, cool. And I was like, I don't know what any of this means, but whoosh, Let's go. Yeah. And yep. uh, you're a walking testament uh, to what happens when you align uh, all the right reasons that we've literally, I don't think we've ever signed a piece of paperwork, but I've never not gotten paid and us never done business together. And just for the record, Haley likes me, just so everybody knows. <laughs> Even the kids like me. They like Uncle George. We FaceTime, we talk. Like, I, I'm good. It was, a, it was a good, it was a good dinner, in my opinion. Um, yes. God, that's so funny on how we got here. And that's been three plus years, I think it's almost four years. years. I think it's almost, almost four years. And, so. and, and full disclosure, we took the company from six figures to multiple seven, and we're still on the way up. And how many employees do we have now? Four? Three? Uh, that agencies, we, we do delegate stuff around accordingly. I will say, like, Craig's, if anybody listen to this, like, I have the easy job because I get to play with ideas and Craig has to manage inventory and money and all that fun stuff, which you guys know I'm not, I'm not good at that. I'm good at spending it or making it. Uh, but we, we do do amazing. And, and it's so funny reading that letter. Like when you're like, and it can be used here. Like I'm the guy that has six high speed daddy bags now. 
Like, I have one jib bag, one overnight bag. And, like, it reminds me of the hair club commercials. Because I'm like, no, no, I really get it. Like, I don't care what you think. This is the best bag in the world because, like, I use it all day, every day. Like, literally, <laughs> there's one next to me on the floor with cables hanging out of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. And, God, I, like, I love reflecting on this, too, because I think every day, like, we talk all the time. And it's easy to look at it from this lens of, like, oh, in the last month. But when we look back at four years, we've moved mountains, in four years like there has been so much progress that like it's kind of like a little joyful reminiscing for me right now thinking about this uh yeah i don't know how do you feel hearing that like about that letter it's we (laughs) we've come a long way yeah right we've definitely come a long way i knew we came Um, i knew we came a long way when my business partner outgrew my mastermind to join another one It, it was it was time it was it time totally, and I it totally was diff, different type of training for where we are it, and you you phrase that perfectly um you know outgrew the mastermind we started delegating some of the uh execution implementation of your marketing ideas and stuff like that and i started to go on to needing more help in ceo roles right and things along those lines coo roles cfo roles whatever it might be and then putting people in place to, to help with those options as well, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that, that's part of the learning curve and the escalation of owning a business and how far you actually want to take it. Do you want to be a sole proprietor or just one or two people running a company, or do you want to have five to 10 people underneath you? You need to grow to that stature mm-hmm. and learn to that stature. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing, you know, that that's what happens. Now the, the fun part comes along with, you know, as I, I told George early on, I said, my, my big goal, my one big thing is I wanted you know, and whatever, you know, what people, some people may think like, I felt like I owed my family a newer, bigger house. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, that is the goal for me. Yep. Now this past August, I accomplished that goal, right. During COVID and all that stuff. And I've got a dream property and it's not like huge, some huge Mongo estate or anything like that. Craig, it's a bigger Craig, house than I was from. And Craig, it's, <laughs> Craig, it's nice. It's nice. Craig, you you had to buy a tractor just to mow <laughs> the lawn, and I'm not talking like a ride on lawnmower. I'm talking about like you have acreage and wild animals that escape onto your property. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yes, and yes. By the you way, know, so Craig eats too much. Craig back. eats too much humble pie, and it's completely okay to celebrate your wins. But it's it's beautiful. Yeah. So keep going. It's. So it's, it's okay. You know, so at that point it's like, okay, George, just want to make sure we're both on the same page. And, and it's one of those things. If you do have a partner, you need to constantly revisit what the vision is and what the end goal is. Is it building up to sell? If you're going to sell, what's that number? If you're building it up for a cash cow, you know, how, how far do you want to keep building that out before you start delegating or bring in someone else to replace you? So you can just be business owner, take distributions. That's it. Right. Or do you still want to be involved with it? Are you still getting something out of it? Are you having fun still in the process? And once I hit that goal, I said, George, what, just want to make sure we're still on the same page here. I don't think we're finished with what we've originally set out to accomplish, even though I personally hit my goal. Mm-hmm. I want to keep taking it further. Are you still on board? Yes, let's keep going. Boom, let's just keep going. Yep. But you have to have those visits every now and then. Yeah, the because commu- goals do change. Dude, right? the, communi- the whatever. communication is so big because I remember, like, I, this is triggering my memory. I remember this because we were sitting in the office and uh, Craig offered me part of the company. And I asked him, and listen, <laughs> 
somehow Craig found the abundant George in the midst of living in a scarcity world. Like I was not in a good place <laughs> back then, but like your demeanor, how you made me feel, the trust I had with you, like it changed. It would like allowed me to be who I really wanted to be and practice being who I wanted to be. And I'll never forget. I was like, what's important to you? And you're like, they need a new house. They need a new car. Like we have to. And I was like, cool. And I think I even looked at you and I was like, all right, cool. Just stay in the mastermind and that'll be my payment until we hit boom, 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 boom. And I was like, they have to have a house. You had to get Haley the Suburban. You had to, you know, boom and boom. And then now looking back, like all of that came true. And it's because we communicated and we were open about it and all of that. And it's funny because my goals have changed, right? Like I end up living in Montana when you end up buying your dream property. And now it's like, hey, Craig, like, I think we need to do this and we need to do this for our kids and like really leave a legacy. And this is what I want my distributions to look like. What is it going to take for us to get there? Now we're like co-investing in companies together that I'm advising yeah. and you're investing in and we're doing all of this stuff. But the communication part that you speak of, I think is huge, but also, you know, like this concept I've thrown around on the podcast of fuzzy goals, right? Like your goal was clear, right? Like you wanted to, and I remember your rules. <laughs> you wanted the house and you wanted to provide more for your family, but you had one rule that you would only do it if it was always fun. That was your rule. And you're like, I will only do this as it's fun. And it's been fun. And we've had to revisit that sometimes and get rid of things that weren't fun, but like we get lit up and, and doing that. Um, I just think it's huge to, to really stay in that goal of like, this is what I want. And you head in that direction. And then as long as you're heading that direction, you can make adjustments. The goal will get clearer or it might get fuzzier and you have to make some iterations. And then when you hit them, you need to iterate and you need to get clear and set another one and just kind of keep in momentum. And so it's kind of, it's actually really fun reminiscing on all of this right now. It, it's, I mean, I, like, like George says, I, I eat a lot of humble pie, um, stuff like that, uh, but it, it is a true success story, right? A thousand, dude, like, you're, hold on. Yeah, so it, let, let me, true. let me say this. Let me, let me fucking say this. Cause it's my pie. He's not going to say it. You built a multiple seven figure business as a stay at home dad with three kids under five in a couple hours a day from the ground up with no outside investment and bootstrap the entire thing. At times, a couple more than a couple hours a day. But yes, yeah, yeah. There no. were some long mornings, long nights, all of, that stuff. Of but course, but like your primary George, job is yeah. a stay-at-home dad. Correct. George, and George said the, the one rule was have fun. The, the caveat of that was my family will come first. Your family will come first in mm -hmm. this. And if that takes us longer to build what we want to build, so be it. Totally. Because we know what our priorities are. Because we both came from a world where that wasn't really happening as much, right? And we both had some issues with that. And we didn't want the legacy to be our kids just seeing their fathers work themselves to death to build something, totally. but rather doing both, showing them that they can do both, right? Mm -hmm. And leading by example, some of our military stuff, but walking shoulder to shoulder and showing them along the way how this is done, right? So we high-speed daddy could be an eight-figure business. Totally. Or a nine-figure business, right? But we wouldn't be with our families right now. We wouldn't be with our families. We wouldn't be doing that stuff. And right. what, I, what so, I love about that, like, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but there's a really no, no, valid question that I have. And I have another one that follows too. You, you said it earlier because, like, you know, I'm the full circle open loop guy about mm -hmm. having people around you. <clears throat> I'm going to be a huge proponent of this is, like, you should never have people around you that placate you or feed you but hold you accountable to what they know is important to you, which is why communication is so important with your employees, with you, with your partners, with your friends, like, one of the things that Craig and I have is 
if Craig sees me in my shit from 3,000 miles, well, maybe only like 1,900 miles away now, I get a text message. And if I see Craig in his shit, like I send it, and it's not normally popular stuff. It's normally the things that needed to be said. But it's built on that safety net of communication. But what we're doing is when we need to, we borrow a little bit of confidence or clarity from the other person. Right? Like when things are like when I'm like literally when I'm like, hey, we're leaving California and we're taking, you know, three horses, you know, two kids, three snakes across the country and I'm going to be homeless for three months in Airbnb. So I was like, Craig, I need help, man. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm all over the place. And I had to borrow some of that and I had to like reclose back. And then I was here and I'm like, let's go. I'm like, we're doing the event. Let's lean in. Let's do high speed daddy. And like having people that allow you to be in your season, but hold you at your potential is huge. And also to have the honest conversations. And I'm going to ask you this question because I feel like this was one of the biggest breakthroughs for both of us, except you were the catalyst for it. Because we as entrepreneurs, like we say this all the time, like the number one thing, why are you doing this, right? Every same answer. I'm leaving a legacy for my business. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this. And you and I challenged each other and we held each other to this. And we're like, are we really doing it for our family? When if we were to ask Dom or Branson, hey, what do you want daddy to be doing right now? Would their answer be disconnected and working or to be playing with me? Oh, and they we, would absolutely be yeah, pl- playing with G.I. Joe's. And and, why, why are you in front of the computer? Why are you not on the floor with me? And this took maybe a year and a half or two years yeah. of us together of mm-hmm. like holding each other accountable and doing men's work and getting coaching and being there. And then we literally looked at each other and you looked at me and you're like, I just had the biggest breakthrough ever. And you shaved your beard because of this. Like you literally were like, I'm having this momentous moment of clarity and I'm going to like have a totem or a sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice the chia pet on my face to remember this. And you're like, I can't run around and say anymore. I'm doing this for my family because it's not what my family wants. That's me lying to myself and doing it. And that was a huge catalyst for you, for me and a lot of clarity. And like, it was, it was huge. Like it was, I don't even know. Like I, I just remember that moment. And then I was like, no way. And then I was like, you can grow it back now. You can grow it back now. <laughs> it was a little scary seeing you without it, to be really honest with you. I'm not, I wasn't I, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy you gave me permission on that, but it was actually my wife that said, oh, it's your wife. You're better. Our, yeah. and, our wives and are said, They're opposite. Yeah. Haley said, I, I like you with the, I got used to the beard and I like you with the better and the beard came right back. Yeah. Well, like the next day, it was just there all four or five it, inches. Actually, I think I, I'm pretty sure it took me three years to grow a beard that long and it takes you like a week. <laughs> I'm like, your man card is a lot, a lot heavier than mine and yeah. in the beard department. I'm, I still have the baby face, but I, I think it's, I think it was huge because when you when you said that to me and you did that and, and you shared it with a lot of people in our mastermind and everything else, like that was a catalyst for a lot of people. And, and, it, and it led to something I still teach to this day. And like now, now looking back at that, like how are you in alignment with that now? Like do you feel like completely in alignment with that? You know, I, I do and don't. It's weird, right? Like I absolutely agree that I'm not 100% doing this for my family. There's part of me that's doing it for my family because I want my family, American dream, right? I want my family to have a better you know, life and the kids to grow up a little bit better than what I did. Yeah. And I was given and afforded a pretty damn good life, right? Upper yeah. middle class, whatever, parents still together, et cetera. Um, but you know, I also want to do it for me. Yeah. There's part of the ego that's in there that I'm okay with yep. because I like the challenge and I'm happy and yeah. it's fun doing it, right? So I want to keep doing that. But I also, like I said, I have to set that container that it's not going to interfere on my family's lifestyle. So 
there's certain hours that I don't work. And my team does that. Like, these are the hours I'm spending with my family. I'm putting the kids on the bus. I'm going to start at this time, whatever. I'm getting the kids off the bus at this time. Then for two, three hours, I'm not checking text messages. I'm not checking social. I'm not doing anything. Later on in night, if I feel like I'll touch in on that or I'll have someone touch in on stuff. So there's containers and schedules and delegation that goes on uh, to make that happen. But I do enjoy what I'm doing. Now, if there ever comes a point when we're just not having fun anymore, George and I will have another conversation about what the next steps are. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've built an asset here. And I know that because every week someone wants to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it's a different story. But again, in the bigger mission of High Speed Daddy and uh, what we want to come forth with, not just product, but what we want to do to actually help people, yeah. help men provide, protect, connect, help women pro- provide, protect, connect in some way. Yeah. Have, have connections within family members get better, have kids come into the equation, pets, whatever it may be, uh, but just strengthening the family ties and stuff like that. We're not finished with what we set out to do. That mission's not over yet until the time that we feel that it's just not fun and it's really hectic and it's interfering with the family life at that point. Totally. And then I, we'll, we'll talk again. And I think one of the things that you and I do really well together, and, and for everybody listening to this or watching this, I think we should be listening for the principles of the people that you surround yourself with, right? Like to go all the way back to the beginning of this, like your partners, your significant others, your friends, your employees, your colleagues, like all of them, like getting people enrolled in your vision is extremely, extremely important. And and that's a leadership conversation, but also allowing them to support you in it, in my opinion, required a huge level of like vulnerability, authenticity, humility for me, because the truth is, is that all of you around me see me 10 times better and clearer than I could ever see myself because you're not in my storm. And I think it's huge. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's important too, because one of the things that we always go back to is we go back to like, are we done? Right. And if we were to look at a bank account, we're like, yeah, we're done. Right. Like if it was transactional, we could be done. It was a, a, you know, ship it and go, but we have this meaning or this why that's greater than just the numbers in the business. Like just the, like if we had to drop a product, we'd still run the company as we reinvent ourselves every day. Like how do we lead men? How do we help husbands? How do we help dads? How do we help moms? And for everybody listening, I think it's really important to have that thing that's greater than you, that's greater than the number of sales, that's greater than the number of roadblocks. And trust me, I've watched Craig handle more logistical nightmares than any human should ever have to handle in their <laughs> lifetime in a year. But I think that every time you hear that, it reminds me like patience and consistency is really, really huge. Cause yeah, like we could have an eight figure company with a nine figure exit, but I'd be divorced. My son wouldn't know who his father is. Right. Like I'd be probably in adrenal fatigue territory. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I think what we really embody, and it's so funny, like it's, I feel like I'm in inception right now because I teach outside of our relationship, all of this stuff that we're talking about. I'm like, oh, we actually really do that really well. Because the one thread that I've been really hammering lately is you can't sacrifice your life to build a business. You have to build a business that supports your life. Yep. And that's the only long-term way to do this. And and I think it's huge. And it's funny too, because we have a few people that we know that have like sold recently and boom, and they're already like, what am I going to do now? Oh, I don't know what to do with my time now. And I'm like, oh. They're, they're lost. They're yeah. essentially lost. Yep. You know, and, and if you... I mean, if there's one thing and not that I've been through it, but, you know, if you're if you plan on exiting, like have a plan for a thousand percent. What are you going to do? Are you consulting? Are you coaching? Are you are you starting? Did you already start something else? You know, what what's the idea? I mean, th- we keep going back and forth. We're like, we're not going to let alone the mission and, and, and our why behind High Speed Daddy. But 
you know, let's just say we did sell and we had that money. Like, what are we going to do with it? Like, we, we're just hanging out, watching TV. But like, we're not that we're not those guys. Nope. We I have to constantly be on the go to be fulfilled, to have our tanks full. We have to be doing something. We have to be made useful. Yeah. Right. Yep. We have to be doing something along those lines. So Yeah, like I was thinking yeah. about this the other day, right? Because life's a lot simpler in Montana for me. Like a, a lot of people, maybe a lot of people don't know this, but part part of my move to Montana was being in alignment with what Craig says. I told Craig last year, I was like, I just want to focus on what matters to me. Like I, High Speed Daddy, this podcast and coaching, like I love doing what I do. Uh, but I, I had to trim a lot of baggage. I trimmed six-figure cars. I trimmed mm-hmm. ego. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like... I think a lot of my friends were shocked. I was like, no, it's gone. I so I sold. They're like, you what? I'm like, yeah, don't need it. Like I, I'm living a simple life, but it, it's really interesting um, that you say that because I think one of the things as an entrepreneur that I struggled with, and it's still not a strong suit, but I surround myself with people that are good at it is, is having the ability just to think about a plan and measure against it. Like not living in ambiguity and expecting some level of <laughs> semblance or success. Like it doesn't happen. And truth be told, I'm horrible at it. So I have you and I have Jay and I have Tyler and I have my wife and all of you plan 8,000 times better than me. And I'm like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do today. I'll be a good boy. I'll earn my treat at the end of the day. But I I think really what's so important, it even ties back to what you said earlier, is like you have to have a plan because a plan gives you a direction. And once you head in that direction, you can get input and make adjustments. Mm -hmm. And then you can always renegotiate the plan, but you have to have some semblance of direction to go. Yep, and absolutely. I think that's what we've done really well in High Speed Daddy because we take direction from our employees, from Kevin and Miguel and me and you, our outside friends, and we take it all in and we're like, hey, do we adjust the plan? Are we doing this? Where are we going to go? How are we going to do it? And the truth be told, I could never let High Speed Daddy go right now because I don't know what you and I would do. <laughs> I really am like, well, we're not going to stop talking. And we're not going to start hanging out. And I was like, so what stupid thing are we going to do that's going to get us in trouble if we have that money and that time? Okay. Let's start, let's start skydiving again. Let's make sure that we just keep this going because maybe this business is more of a babysitter for me than anything. <laughs> I never looked at it that way. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure this the business and the time it's occupying is keeping us out of trouble. I'm like, because yeah. – because, I already pushed the fringe a little bit with extreme sports in my past. And if we add more time, mm-hmm. oh, and then we both have boys that are both ready to oh, play yeah. that game. And I was like, no, 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 oh, yeah. no, I don't need more motorcycles. I don't need more. No, no, nope. maybe a boat because the water is safe for me, right? Like I'll just spend more time in the lake. The crash has only hurt a little bit. So <laughs> I, I do want to ask, I, I want to know mm-hmm. this. And like, I, I know you've been on podcasts before and I know this story, but when you think back, right, like, what was that moment for you? Like you were, what were you doing? What were you like actively doing for work before you created high speed daddy? I was a senior manager, um, of new product development, you know, quote engineering, yeah. uh, for a billion dollar bath and kitchen company. Okay. And then you were still in the reserves, right? So you were, yes. In yeah. I was in the national guard at the time. So I had a three year old, a one year old. I was, uh, working full-time in a corporate job. And then I was also part-time in the military. Okay. I got was a little, little, little busy. Yeah. Yeah. And then when did you get the idea? Like you're in this engineering job, like what mm-hmm. triggered the idea or how, or when did you get the idea for high speed daddy? Uh, let's see. That was probably around 
April, May 2016, give or take in that time. So um, full, full disclosure, full transparency, I took a promotion at the job chasing money um, mm-hmm. that I shouldn't have taken, whether I, um, I partly wasn't ready for it, I partly didn't want to do it. I had interviewed uh, for another position. They thought I would be better at this one and then dangled a chunk of change in front of me. And I went, ooh, corporate ladder, ooh. And <laughs> I climbed it, right? Um, wasn't well supported. Uh, I wasn't really ready for that position. Wasn't really, it was a position loosely defined. Anyway, I went through about a year of what I would call like not happiness, <laughs> suffering, um, not achieving good things. You know, and I was with the same job, what, 12, 13 years. Uh, climbing the ropes, climbing the ladders, doing great, performer, 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 until that one year, which it was not a performer. So uh, they were uh, essentially lining me up to exit <laughs> to exit me out of the company. Um, and I kind of saw some writing on the wall and I was just over corporate life. I was stressed out. I was taking stress home um, out on my family and they didn't deserve that. Yeah. Um, Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, why am I apologizing to you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it was, it was something that I knew I needed a change. I started looking for a change and I've done entrepreneurial things in the past and I always wanted to do something else. Um, I knew I had a knack for kind of some online things and early into eBay and Craigslist and things along those lines. And I would always fill the brain bank with blogs and podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, then I came across, and High Speed Daddy, for some of you that don't know, was actually born out of the Amazon community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I needed to create a brand, not just a product. So from the beginning, it was website, blog, brand, presence, you know, online, social media, et cetera. Um, so I just needed the idea of a product. So through the Amazon community, I read something about how to develop an idea for a product. Uh, and I knew I could create a product from my background, quote, new product development, yep. um, and source it and good quality, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I came across something called a touch list, uh, which basically was something that as long from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to sleep, everything you touch in a day, you write down on a list. And then you take that list and with, you know, X, Y, Z criteria, narrow it down to something you have passion around, something that could be improved upon, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I was being still in the military. That's a big passion of mine. Um, and then also being a new dad with three and a one-year-old, that was obviously a huge passion of mine. I blended the two together and created a mil- military style looking, uh, backpack diaper bag, mm-hmm. uh, which we called something else at the time, but we won't get into that. That's for another we'll podcast. Sa- we'll save that story for another podcast. It was in the yeah. letter by the way, but it, it, we're good. Yeah, I figure I'm happy I breathed over it so we don't get our hands slapped on it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I created something. There was a couple other players in the market at the time. Uh, so I went deep into analyzing them, analyzing who the people were that ran that community and those, uh, those businesses. And then I decided that I could create a different product that's better um, and have a better story than them and enter the market. So thus the uh, high-speed daddy backpack diaper bag or dad bag was born. And by the way, just for everybody listening, uh... <clears throat> I think more women use our bag than men because they steal it from their husbands. It's the best backpack functionally on the entire planet. Like, here's what's funny is like all the mastermind members got them at the event, right? And they're like, how have I not had this before? I'm like, I told you. I told you. Like, seriously, I told you. 
I was like, Craig's this like obsessive engineer that just makes everything better. And so it's a perfect bag. I love that. I love that. And then when did you, so like, I'm going to ask, I've never asked anybody this question. Mm-hmm. So you're in this job, you're unhappy, you can see the writing on the wall and then you're like, okay, I can do this. Like when or how did you muster up or what was that point where you're like, yep. I can do this or I'm going to do this? Like, what was that like? And was it sped up because of the writing on the wall? And was that the catalyst or is it kind of like a self catalyst to make that leap? It was a self catalyst, but there was a little writing on the wall. So I, I got put on something in a corporate world called a PIP or performance improvement plan. Basically it's corporate's way of, uh, legally saying like, you got to shape up or else we're going to let you go. Um, which took me by complete surprise because I had been like a 5.0, you know, performer, um, for like 12 years prior. So this caught me off guard knowing that I'd struggled some and whatnot, but there was, like I said, I, I didn't get along with the boss of mine, this, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, um, I fulfilled the obligations of the performance improvement plan. And on that day, uh, you know, that I, I asked him if I did, my boss said, yes, you, you fulfilled it. You know, an HR signed off on it. You know, HR says, you know, you got to make sure that, you know, you still perform and stuff like that. And I said, no, I'm not going to need to, because here's my two week notice. Took them all by surprise. Um, it was a pride thing. It was an ego thing that was young Craig into business and young Craig into self-improvement mm-hmm. and personal development. And it was complete ego play because the smart thing would have actually been for them to lay me off because I had 13, 12, 13 years there. Yeah. I would have had a three, a three month severance package at full pay plus unemployment for nine months mm-hmm. or six months, whatever it was, I forget. Um, and I would have had plenty of startup capital to launch the business, but I decided to give them the big F you because as an Italian from New Jersey, that's how I was brought up. Um, you know, and I don't completely blame my upbringing. It's just, that's what felt right at that time. Yeah. Uh, this was all prior to selling the first product. But what I did was I used that as, as Tony Robbins say, you know, and what Couture, uh, uh, Cortez did was, you know, I burned the ships. Yeah. I had no other choice but to win the war yep. because I had a three-year-old, a one-year-old, a wife to support a house, a mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. And I had some other little, little small, small irons in the fire. I was working part-time in the military, walking $300 a month. I was going to say um, one for like $300 a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but there was opportunity for me to take a little bit more active role there, which I did for a little period of time. Um, I had a couple lines on some contracting or consulting to do, which fell right through. Uh, so people like once I actually left, people were like, oh, we don't know you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of those things. And I said, fine, I'm just going to make this happen. Yeah. I, but it was a calculated risk. Right. I had spent some time putting money away. Uh, I was going to make sure the food was still going to be on the table and I was going to work every damn side job cash hustle thing that I could. And I did. I plowed snow all hours of the night. Yeah. I, you know, did did cleanups. I cleaned gutters and I did everything that I could to bring extra cash in while still building my business during that time. But high speed daddy and being a stay at home dad to a three and a one year old and dropping them off at at nursery school for two hours and getting two hour work block in or this and that, that was my job. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's you. And like the, the thing that I say here is I tell everybody never to burn the ships, right? Always have a plan, but you, you made a calculated risk, but I also feel like, if and personally, like knowing you, I feel like if that startup capital was to come in, we might not be here, right? Like that Parkinson's law, right? We fill whatever mm-hmm. container oh, yeah. we have. Mm-hmm. 
And yep. it, I'm the, I'm, I mean, you know me, like you put me under pressure. I'm like, okay, let's go. Right. It's like, that's where I find my edge in the new versions of myself. And so I think that's, I think that's huge. And I love, I love that. I like the, the, the PIP sounds like the, uh, the remedial PT program in the military. Like, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, you got to do this and you got to pass your PT test. If you don't, we're going to kick you out. Yeah. And whatever, dude, at that point, you're, j you just want to go anyway. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I love it. I didn't know, I didn't know about the corporate, the PIP thing. I didn't know about all of that. That's, that's amazing. And so then how long from when, um, you gave your two weeks until you launched the first product? Um, sometime around middle of October, 2016, I left and, uh, February, 2017, we launched first product sold. Yeah. So three, three and a half months or something. Yeah. And during that time, obviously everything else behind the scenes, you know, yeah. oh, uh, getting the yeah. website up and going and all, all that stuff that as someone that doesn't know how to bring others or pay others during a startup phase, you learn it all yourself, right? Yep. Um, you know, probably should have paid other people to come on. We could have expedited the whole process, but you and I, we're go-getters, right? We take initiative, we figure it out. YouTube University, right? You make it happen. That's how I built so, it, man. Yeah, you, you just make it happen and it takes a little bit longer, but you know, there's something to be said for learning all that stuff so that when you do hire someone, at least, at least, you know how to hire that person. You can talk the talk. So there are, there are good things that come along with that quote bootstrapping as well. Yeah. Well, I think like, cause we're getting near the end, but I'm going to full circle this all the way back. Cause I think one of the mm -hmm. most important parts you said in the beginning is like one of the biggest mistakes is not knowing how to ask for help or when to hire I was the same way, but also it's a very good skill set and asset to have to be the person. And, and the way that I call this as an entrepreneur, as a human being, is to find your range in these modalities. Like, I might not want to be a marathoner, but I need to run a little bit to see what my capability is, to see if I like it or what's possible, right? Like, mm -hmm. I might not mm -hmm. want to be a CrossFitter, but I might try it, right? Like, I might not want to be a writer, but then I started writing and ended up with a book, right? Like, I'm like, oh, I've never made an app before. I don't know. And you dive down the hole and like, well, you can do this. And I think that that's important. I think the big point is knowing that that's okay, but also having like a stopgap of like, okay, now we're into diminishing return territory, right? Yes. Or yeah. now's the time to ask for help. But it, I think, I think that's what makes it valuable. Like, and, and I'll say anybody listen to this is, is the bleeding edge of the, of the world, right? We're making a difference. We're going out and like doing things that nobody's done. We're launching things that nobody launched. We're marketing ways nobody's ever marketed. We're finding ways and edges that has to be explored. And you can't find those edges by just hiring somebody to do it. Like sometimes you have to find it and hire what's in there. So I think that that's, that's huge. I think that's huge as a skill set to play with. And I think it's just having the awareness of like, oh, I think I might be, okay, I shouldn't do this anymore. Like I don't need to be doing my customer service, right? Like we can outsource that for, you know, $15 an hour and buy back three hours of my time that I could be doing needle movers. And I think that it goes back <laughs> to full circle. What you said earlier is like always having that ability to recheck where you are. Am I on track to the mm -hmm. vision? Do I still want to be doing this? Do I still want to do this? And so having some sort of cadence, whether it's monthly or bi-monthly where you can check in with yourself, but also check in with those people that are a part of your vision for you and then move from there. Yeah, it's always great to have someone that, to soundboard stuff off of, right? Totally. And that's on the same level as you and thinks very similar to you. Um, entrepreneurship it is and can be very lonely. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, like year and a half I spent at my kitchen table typing away on a computer building a business that I wasn't talking with other people, right? Mm -hmm. 
So like I didn't, I came out of the corporate world where there's people all around me talking all day, even if you're just bullshitting, right? Yep. You're still just communicating with others too. I'm a stay at home dad with kids running around and I'm at the kitchen table, right? Yep. Typing away, doing stuff. It, it can, it can get a little lonely. Oh, for right? speci- so, especially when there's not an Atlas to go by that has a map for you to follow. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, that's the, you know, my, my favorite thing is that that show alone is like one of my favorite shows on, on history where they drop them out in the wilderness. They have to survive as long as possible. And on the show, it has an opening quote that says one of the, bi- uh, one of the biggest tortures that can be inflicted on a human is isolation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm, yeah. Cause most of the time I don't want to have those thoughts or have a relationship with them. I want somebody to tell me what to do, but then at the same time, I feel like because we're willing to sit with it and we don't, we find the path to do it. Like we create it and we go do it. And I I think with what you're saying, I said this to somebody the other day. I was like, leadership is lonely, but not for the reasons that you think. The more effective you become as a leader, the more time you spend alone to hone the relationship with yourself to then lead other people. But in entrepreneurship, I think the worst thing that can happen is to isolate, self-isolate, and to be alone because that, that echo chamber, that cesspool of shit lasts for infinity. And like, I'll, I'll call, I've done this with Craig. I'm like, I'm gonna, and then in 10 seconds, I'm like, Oh, that's a different perspective. Okay. I feel better now. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for that one. I was like, I'm going to rip their throat. And he's like, but what? I'm like, Oh yeah, that's probably a better idea. Okay, cool. And so I think that that's a huge, huge lesson as well. I love that. And so then that launched like three months later, and then Amazon only. And then what was that like first year like? Like how long until you hired somebody? Did you do it yourself? Like what was that? Uh, I, did it I sell did it. right away? Uh, yeah, it's it sold. The initial product that we had actually air shipped in um, about a was a, a fifth of our inventory we air shipped in. Uh, and these are bigger pieces, so we paid quite a bit of money to air ship them in. But we were a little delayed in launching. And did and you get, I was, that, I, did you get I had, that from I, your savings or how did you fund that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I decided, you know, we're going in with X amount by the time that everything was said and done and we launched, it was two X, right? Mm-mm. That's just what happened. Scope creep, didn't <laughs> expect things, thought I could get MOQs lower, shipping costs were higher, uh, wasn't expecting so much on customs fees, you know, whole, whole bunch of things going on there um, that I just, you don't know what you don't know and you're going to find out, right? So it's, you, you can do as much research, but there's still certain things you just can't expect at sometimes. So that first, um, fifth of the inventory, which I believe was about a hundred pieces, uh, within two weeks, we were sold out mm-hmm. on Amazon, uh, about a week later, the airship or the sea shipment hit, uh, we replenished stock and we were off to the races. And then it was just a vicious cycle of going out of stock right as new stock was coming in and overlapping, scaling, overlapping, scaling, uh, cash flow, not taking anything out of the business, being very, very tight, penny to penny. Um, doing that stuff all for the first year. Um, not knowing how taxes were, trying to set some money aside, but not knowing what's going on. So these are all the trials and tribulations and, and back-end stuff that you just don't know as an entrepreneur uh, or new business owner or whatnot. Um, first year, the account that I had was iffy-iffy. Um, switched over, you know, only a couple months later, found a new accountant that we've had since then who has been fantastic. If there's something I can suggest, it's finding an accountant that you get along with is personable, is invested, you know, vested in your business and your, your genuine best interests, uh, and will mentor you along. And I found that guy for us. And that's been fantastic Mm -hmm. since then. 
Um, I mean, talking about, you know, changing uh, business entities, figuring out how to pay myself. Uh, like I said, George, George came in about, uh, I guess, 18 months, two years into the business, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. give or take. Um, and for probably the first, I don't know, 12, 14 months, I had not paid myself. I didn't know how to because all the money was going right back into the business inventory. And I think that actually contributes a little bit to how we scaled to the point that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but right around the time, uh, just before I brought George in, is when I actually hired the first employee or contractor to take over our uh, Amazon advertising or uh, pay-per-click advertising. Mm. So I saw the, I had done it myself. We were doing pretty good at that point, but then I brought in a professional to make us do better, right? Mm -hmm. It was one of those things. So I invested in someone that could make us more money, a direct reflection, not just offloading customer service stuff. Mm. Um, And customer service can, customer service prevents a lot of money from going out the door, believe it or not, uh, on the back end. But on the front end, getting sales, I invested in that first. And then we went into, okay, how many hours can you work a day? Still a stay-at-home dad. Okay, we have customer services eating up a lot of time, social media, things like that. And then we started offloading jobs little by little um, and, and figuring out our piece of the pie. Where do I want to fit in? What do I like doing? You know, and things along those lines. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us do. It's like, he's like, I'm, gonna, I'm like, how do I get paid? I don't know. I don't know. You tell me how this all works. But I think what I love about it, though, like the, the lesson here, like I've been saying this for the last couple of months, is like su- success can be scheduled, right? Like if you focus mm-hmm. on the needle movers and you schedule them in regardless of how you feel and you make adjustments against their inputs for a sustained period of time, it's going to work. Like, and that's really, really the secret. It's con- consistently doing it. If you want to lose weight, you can't go to the gym for 30 days and then quit and expect to lose it. You can't change your eating habits for a day and expect to lose it in entrepreneurship. I think like tying all this together, it's having sound counsel around you, having a community, not going at it alone, having people that have been or are where you want to go, bouncing ideas off and making sure that you're staying in alignment with what's going to get you there. That's also aligned to your vision and checking in on your motivators. Like, do I want to do this? Is this really here? And I I feel like that naturally brings a level of self-awareness. And just if you haven't figured this out yet, entrepreneurship is the fastest path to therapy in a bottle that you will ever have in your entire life, right? You can't hide. 100%. You can't hide from your habits. You can't hide from your thoughts. You can't hide from your efficiency. Like none of it. But I think it's the willingness to play the game over and over that makes it so effective. So effective. And it's it's a roller coaster. It's absolute roller coaster. Highs and lows all the time, every day, and fires and stuff like that. Yep. Um, if you're looking for just a smooth sailing business and stuff like that, you're. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not going to find one. No, and I'm and, almost positive. No, and then it, COVID hits, right, or pandemic, or totally. something. Totally. Like, some people interrupt that. I think the the biggest part here is that the moment you ride, <laughs> the moment you react to the roller coaster, you fall off of it, right? Like you have to measure your input, not the ride itself, right? Like, hey, if it's high, tighten your seatbelt. If it's low, like enjoy the ride, but just make sure you always check in with your inputs. Like we say this all the time. Like I have no control over the market. I can write the best ad, record the best video, run the best marketing campaign, and I have zero control over what happens in the market. But if it doesn't work and I'm like, oh, I suck at ads, I never do them again, it can never work. And I'm like, okay, cool, what was my input? I'm like, no, I gave it my all, like it was here, cool, Mm -hmm. great, let's try another one, let's try another one. And always measuring against that input. And I I feel like entrepreneurship like is the human experience. Like one of the other things is like, it's not supposed to be easy all the time. You would actually be bored as shit. And it's the lows that create the highs and the highs give you clarity to find the next low, but all of them are different levels. And so what you have to start to understand is that 
the inevitable is going to happen, right? Ad accounts are going to get shut down. Logistics, we've had, we've had containers held at port for months. We've had product loss. We've had tariff increases. We've had all of it. And no matter what you do in business or entrepreneurship, that's coming. It's coming. You're going to get sued. <laughs> we've been there. <laughs> we've doing it all the time. Like it's all coming. And if you know it's coming and you always measure your input and you show up to play the game, you can navigate it. But there's no point in like being paralyzed by like, oh, that might happen. Like I might because then it will. If you show up and play every day and then when it does, you address it when you go, then you can really, really lean in and make a difference. Yeah, you, you hit the things on the fly and, and things are going to happen. It's just how you react to it, right? Fight, flight or freeze. Yep. One of those things. And it, it's okay to to absorb this stuff in because you do need to take a breath. Okay. Let's not get too, you know, uh, unwound through this. Let's not freak out, blah, blah. Let's take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Prime, prime example is, you know, is, is when COVID hit in March of last year, right? Yep. All of a sudden, boom, 60% of sales drop in, within a week. And all of a sudden it goes on to like two weeks and stuff like that. We take, yep. a, take a deep breath. What's going on? What can we do here? Amazon reprioritizes how they're going to start fulfilling items, et cetera, et cetera. And I think you probably remember this. Mm-hmm. I sent you an email. I said, this is what we're going to do. Right. And someone do you at some point you need to take a step forward. Some point you need to step up. Some point you need to get back in the game and yep. fight. Yep. Right. And I said, this is what we're going to do. X, Y, Z are the plans. We're putting our distributions on hold. We're supporting our employees. We're not going to lay anyone off. Yep. Um, you know, we have money in reserves. We planned for issues to happen. Yep. There's money indicated, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to do this. We're going to redo our fulfillment process. Like all these plans. Guess what? It all came for plan. We doubled down. And last year we grew 40%, yep. right? So that's how you play aggressive. That's how you get back in the game. That's how you do things. Yep. Or you just bend over and give up, right? <laughs> and I think, you know? I, I think to summarize, like really the big part is that you respond and not react, right? Like you responded. We responded. <laughs> We had the ability. I mean, we felt it. I mean, we felt it across the board. Oh, yeah. I lost yeah. a couple hundred grand a month. Like it was all there. And every part of me wants to go react and go boom, boom. And I did the exact opposite. I'm like, okay, I need to make money. What should I do? Oh, I'll launch a podcast that won't make any. Awesome. Let's do that. Right? Like, and that was an informed choice about the long game. But the same thing we did at High Speed Daddy. It's like, okay, cool. All right. This is, this is the cards that we just got dealt. Like this is what we have no idea what the next hand is going to have. How do we play these cards to give ourselves the best chance to win? But we didn't throw them away. We're not like, oh, we quit. Oh, we fold. We have to play the cards. Like, you have to play the game to give it a chance. And we did. And, yeah, it, it's ended up, you know, working. And now we're just back to where we've always been, which is when you're a bootstrap company, how do we pay for inventory? <laughs> and how do we scale <laughs> when all of yeah. our money goes to inventory? And there's a couple-month lead time for it to get in. And it's a good problem to have. It means things are working. That's why we have uh... – magicians that work for us on our, we our do, logistics. We do have yeah. logistical magicians. They're like magical elves. And uh, if he <laughs> listens to this, which you might, you know who you are, magical magician elf who can run really fast. You know who you are. <laughs> and you magical customer service elf that love people via customer service and email and are really good at it. So yeah, our chief customer service and then raises pigs simultaneously. Love it. There you go. I love it. All right, cool. Speed round. Ready? Mm-hmm. What are you yep, currently, yep. what are you currently reading? Ooh, um, oh man, I, I am blanking on the name of it right now. So my, my first mentor sent me a book because I was having uh, some back issues that I told George about. He, he's aware of this. I thought I bolted this, et cetera, et cetera. So he sent me a book and man, I forget the name of it, but I'm so into it right now. Oh, 
We will put it in the show notes. Is it about is it about it how it. your back pain is a manifestation of stress and yes, uh, yep. yes, yes. Yeah, what is the name of it? I don't oh. I don't know, but I there's well there's only like two or three really good ones, but yeah, um Angie yes, yes, Angie yes. who's been on the show and I was just on her show actually just finished reading that book cuz it's in a similar situation. Um yeah. Yeah, it's a funny what you can manifest on the outside when you feel it on the inside. Okay, and then most influential or like your favorite business book of all time. I like yeah. I like Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Yeah, you do. You, um, you because I can, I can, so yeah, I, I can follow it along. It, it's a biography of his life and the trials and tribulations that he went through as a business owner starting the brand Nike, mm-hmm. right? And it's very similar to High Speed Daddy as we import products and, and, and a lot of our trials and tribulations and early on problems and actually continual problem scaling now and all that stuff, like very, very similar to that. So I could relate. It's that relatability that is because I've read the book, like you can't put it down. Yeah. And I'm one of those people that read like four books at a time, which is not a very good habit. Um, but that book I couldn't put down. I give it to my wife. She couldn't put down because she also is invested in business and like feels yeah. everything that I feel for most part going through things and she could relate as well. So, yeah, I, yeah. and just so everybody knows, the only reason we really run high speed daddy is because of my chocolate chip pancake and expensive red wine habit. That's, that's really why we do this. Cause I have expensive taste in red wine, but that's okay. Cause Craig does too. <laughs> facts and <laughs> and i still have not tasted it on purpose but craig likes to make wine in his basement but we haven't started we haven't started selling what do you call it again a grumpy weasel grumpy weasel i love it oh. weasel was a childhood uh nickname because i used to wrestle like a weasel in a back type thing like oh, very vicious. My God, so grumpy weasel as i've gotten older i've gotten progressively more grumpy um you know etc cetera, etc cetera. put the two together uh grumpy weasel i love it okay uh <laughs> mountains or beach mountains yeah favorite food steak ribeye yeah bone in or bone out ah man you know for ribeye i like bone in yes for t-bones and porterhouses and stuff like that you know like i i don't really like eating around the bone too much but bone in ribeye Mm -hmm. probably about an inch and three quarters two inches thick reverse seared cast iron i'm here for it very rarely will i order a t-bone because most places don't know how to cook it so they both come out, the filet and the ribeye. But mm-hmm. there's a secret, though, because if you put the filet, you can put ice packs on the top and bottom of it for like 30 to 40 minutes before you cook it. It reduces the temperature 30 degrees. And then when you cook it, they Ooh. both come up perfectly. So then you get a 130 and a 130, but you have to start the filet like 30 degrees mm-hmm. cooler than the ribeye side. And I used to be a food blogger, so let's just leave that there because I'm not doing that ever again. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, for everybody listening, I'm going to tell you how really easy it is to find us. Uh, highspeeddaddy.com. Highspeeddaddy on the gram. On the, on the gram, on the interwebs. Uh, I will say that the black camo backpack is the best thing that you will ever have. Paired with a lunch bag and you need to go get one. Do we have a coupon code for our peeps? Um, yeah. Let, let's let's use uh, get some 10. Get some 10? Get, get some 10. G-E-T. That's the one off the top of my head. I think I honestly, I think I do have a George Bryant one. I'm yeah, but it's on fine. Let's right just now. let's just use get some ten. So G E T S O M E ten. Yes. Yeah, get some ten, ten percent off. Just say thank you. So I have a final question before we wrap, and we'll have to do round two and round three because there's some open threads I want to unpack now. Um, <laughs> okay, final question. So envision that everybody listening to this episode had the men or black thing flash their memory for the entire episode, and all they have is this moment right now. And you have the ability to tattoo anything you want on their soul, soul wisdom. 
what would you tattoo on their soul? I'm going to come about this from a parent point of view, Love right? It. Your kids are always watching no matter what you're doing. Your kids are always watching you and you're, you're, you're their first mentor. You're their first line of example of what's going on and how they're going to react and take that information and be, whether it's at that same point in life, whatever it may be, what I wanted to do and what I found out that my mission here for my kids is to set an example but also show them through a corporate career. You could do that if you want. You can do anything you want in life, right? That if they want to go a corporate life, you can do that. You can be successful. I was. You can join the military if you want. I did that. I was successful. And now entrepreneurship, right? You want to start your own business and do something for yourself? That's your third avenue, right? So you can really do anything you want and be successful at it. And I'm the, I'm the story. I'm the example of that that I'm setting for them. So, you know, when people say, hey, you want to be an astronaut and stuff like that, go for it. Mm -hmm. You want to be an engineer? You're a girl from a third world country? Go for it, right? You can do it. Put your mind to it. Take initiative. Figure things out. Keep pivoting. And with consistency, you'll get there. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's such a it's such a good one. My kids are only allowed to join the Coast Guard or the Air Force. That's it. That's if wifey allows them, but... They don't get Fair to follow. They don't get to follow in daddy's footsteps because uh, we don't need any more jarheads in the family. I made that choice. We're good. We're, <laughs> we're, we're good. I love it. All right. So everybody listening, uh, go check us out on High Speed Daddy, HighSpeedDaddy.com. Uh, by the way, the more bags, the merrier. I have a gym bag, an overnight bag, a hiking bag, a business bag, and I still have a bug out bag because I use more wet wipes than my son. Because if you poop without wet wipes, I don't know if you're human, and I'll own that all day. And if you're just not a backpack person, go check out our lunch bags. They oh, yeah, those too. Crazy. People love our lunch bags. Oh, yeah. Right? People love using them uh, for the for the, the nectar of the adult gods juice, the beer and the wine that fits in them perfectly. And so mm -hmm. we, we, see, we see a lot of those. And we have used them for my wife to keep a, a nice, beautiful Moscato chilled. Uh, when we are go we're going out because she's particular, so we bring it with us. It's good. It's good. Yeah, lots of uses, and we can't wait to see. So shoot us a DM on uh, Instagram. If you have our stuff, tag us. We'd love to see it, the craziest way that you use it and all that stuff. And then, yeah, that's where you'll find Craig. Obviously, that's where you'll find me. You know where to find me here too. So anything else, Craig? Any parting words of wisdom? No, I was going to say is I answer every DM. I answer every instant message on Facebook and Instagram. Um, or I'll just throw this out there, Craig at highspeeddaddy.com. I will return every single email, every DM, every IM. If you guys have any questions or need help in anything. Yep. Yep. Can't be a business partner with a relationship to these algorithms guy and not do that. So we both live <laughs> by the same rules. So everybody listening, we will be back in another episode, but this was another episode of the mind of George show, a good one and a pretty nostalgic one. So as always, I'm going to challenge you take something and put it into practice. Don't let this become ear help or shelf help. Listen to it, apply it, put it into practice, and move on. And go check out High Speed Daddy. And if you need one, grab one. And if you don't, tell all your friends to get one because it supports me, supports the podcast, supports Craig, supports our kids, and supports the legacy for me to keep doing crazy stuff like this. So this is our first official business partner podcast, and I'm sure there will be many more to come because I have more to unpack. But either way, have an absolutely beautiful day. Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms and I will either see you in your eyeballs or hear me in your earballs in the next episode. But now it's time to cue that beautiful outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. 
please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.